Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Today's podcast is sponsored by Sparkless, the total self-service email marketing solution for small to medium-sized businesses at sparklist.com. Your path to e-commerce success starts right here. You're listening to Practical E-Commerce, the podcast for e-commerce results. Welcome back to another Practical E-Commerce podcast. My name is Brian Getting, and this is our weekly podcast for the week of December 11th, 2006. Uh, we're, once again, we're back with Ed Davidovich this week. Uh, Mitch Bettis is talking for the third time, and this is the final installment with uh, usability ed- expert Ed Davidovich of creativegood.com. And if you remember, Ed talks in some of the previous podcasts about checkout processes and, and some of the things that people need to look out for. Uh, in the checkout process on their online store. And in this podcast, Ed talks about two specific common areas that uh, you know every online e-commerce owner needs to look at and at least verify that they're doing the right thing. And in addition to that, he kind of goes into some customer service tools like telephone access, live chat, and even installing call centers. And really what, what an e-commerce business owner needs to think about and have figured out before deploying these types of things. So I'm going to go ahead and turn this over once again to uh, Mitch Bettis, who is speaking with Ed Davidovich of creativegood.com. Well, speaking about kind of the checkout process, and as we kind of think about the shopping cart in general, you know, there are all kind of numbers out there about what the average shopping cart abandonment rate is. Most people think whatever it is, it's probably too high, so it kind of mm-hmm. leads me to the question of, is there is there something wrong with kind of modern-day conventional carts? lead to a higher abandonment rate? Or do people shop differently online than, say, they do at a brick-and-mortar store and therefore may think of the cart differently right. online? Is there something there that you think can be done to lower shopping cart abandonment? Or is it something we're simply, as an e-commerce merchant, going to have to live with because people conduct themselves differently in an online environment? So that's a great question, and, and you're right, shopping cart abandonment. I, I think most of us um, have an intuition that they're higher than they need to be, but it's not clear to anyone whether that's true or not. So is it because online shopping is different, or, or are they really, in fact, higher than they need to be because perhaps of some strategic or tactical issues? So let me answer the question like I've answered uh, most of your questions, I think, in two ways, is that the first answer is it, it will be different for every site, why customers are abandoning, and the only way to find out for sure why they're abandoning at your particular site is to actually observe your own customers going through the process using the listening lab process I described earlier. So by, by observing that, you'll find out, is it because there are tactical issues? For example, customers can't figure out, they can't find the checkout button, or they're constantly uh, getting an error message somewhere that they can't overcome? Or is it more of a strategic issue where you're a multi-channel retailer and customers are, for example, loading up the shopping cart simply to create um, a shopping list for the store? Um, or is it your, your shipping charges that are preventing them from, from uh, completing the checkout process? 
the only way you can find out for yourself for sure whether it's a strategic or a tactical issue is to observe customers going through the process and see what happens. Having said that, there are some common things that we see in shopping cart um, and checkout processes that uh, you see on a lot of e-commerce sites that could be corrected. So one of them is what I already mentioned. It's requiring registration at the beginning of the process instead of offering it as an option at the end. That's a very big one, um, and that will, if, if you eliminate that requirement, you'll reduce your abandonment and checkout. Another one is um, because of the nature of checkout online itself, what I mean is customers have to enter information, very specific information, and they have to enter it accurately. So they have to enter the exact address. They have to enter the exact digits from their credit card, and everything has to match up in order for that sale to go through. Um, and especially with these days with so much fraud online, merchants are becoming very stringent about all the information being very accurate, about um, the security codes from the credit cards being provided and everything matching up to a T. Unfortunately, what that also leads to, I mean, people are not perfect, right? And so what that leads to is um, errors. Um, people sometimes don't enter all the information correctly. It, it just happens oftentimes. And what we see um, all too often is that error messaging in the checkout process is too subtle. So what you'll see is a customer will misprint um, a credit card by one number or their address um, will not be exactly as it should be. And of course, what happens in most checkout processes, an error message is returned. And most of the time, the error message is very subtle. So what you'll see is maybe at the top um, a line of text that says, please correct, you know, you had an error, please correct that error. And then the customer's left to figure out where that error was. That's right, yeah. Sometimes it's a little bit more specific. Maybe the text is red and it says, you know, please correct your credit card information. And, and then maybe there's like a little red asterisk, right, somewhere right. where the error was. And then right. and, and you see when, when you do listing labs, it's very difficult and frustrating for customers to figure out what the issue is. And a lot of times they just say, honestly, the heck with this, and abandon. They, they, they're willing to try it once to correct it, maybe twice, but they won't do it the third time unless they're really determined and really need it. Most of the time that's not the case. They just abandon. And one thing that could be done, and, and, and it's a tension because I know there's a creative tension, so you, you want your checkout process and everything else to look as slick and nice and, and, and neat as the rest of your website. But when it comes to error messaging in the checkout process, it has to be extremely obvious to the point of almost being obnoxious. And what I mean is when a customer makes an error and you return the, error to the page with that error to them, the best thing to do would be to return the page that only has the field where the error was made yeah. and nothing else. So that it would be obvious, this is what you need to correct. As a second step, if that's not possible, what you want to do is put a big, fat, bold red box around the field where the error occurred. So it's very easy for a customer looking at the page to see, ah, here it is. It's my CVV code, or it's the date, expiration date of my card, or I didn't include that apartment number. Because there's a big, fat red box, they'll go in, they'll correct it, they'll hit continue, and keep going through the process. But the, the error messaging is a big issue. Are there quality communication tools I should be deploying at my website in order to be able to quickly respond to customers? So that's a good question, Mitch. And I will, um, I will actually push back a little bit on you and, and perhaps your readers. And he, here's what I will say. So, so one answer is yes, there are some tools, and we can talk about those, right? But um, I don't want to say it's the wrong question because it, it isn't the wrong question, but... Um, I'll again kind of go to, back to my question of, of how you choose to deploy your resources. So here's what I mean. Deploying tools that help customers, so things like um, email, uh, instant chat, or even phone lines, those things are 
expensive, and they're expensive in two ways. One, deploying the technology can be expensive, live chat or, or 800 numbers, the telecom. And number two, uh, the human resources, someone has to be there to answer, right? And that's extremely expensive. That's right. um, as we saw outsourcing to India, some other things that, that people have been trying don't work as well as everyone thought they would and, and right. doing it. In, it's just it's extremely expensive. And so what I would propose to you is this, that before you think about doing that, and, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, that you should, but what I would propose to you is um, an evaluation of where your resources should be dedicated. And I would propose that they should be dedicated to making sure that customers don't need the help rather than to providing the help after they need it. And what I mean is that there are ways, if, if you do do listening labs and you do observe customers and you do see what the pain points are for customers, your first step should be to make sure that that checkout process, that your whole website, the basics of it, the basics of finding products and of buying products, that I talked about at the beginning of the interview, that those are so good, so perfect, so flawless, put your money there, that most customers never have an issue, right? Because by having to pick up the phone or, 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 or send an email, that's a bad experience right there. You, you want to put all your resources to avoiding customers having to do that, right? Sure. And I would, so I would argue, my, my answer would be that you, you first want to make sure that it's, it's unnecessary to have any of those tools. Given that, questions will always pop up, right? So customers will oftentimes, if, even if your checkout process is perfect, customers might say, hey, you know, I have a question about returns, whatever it might be, right? So, so, so yes, given that those things will come up, the, the problem is that on, on websites, because even though it's a cliche, your competition really is just a click away, customers are not necessarily willing, unless they're really motivated to buy your product, they're not necessarily willing to go through the process of getting help just to check out. It's, as, as you mentioned, the abandonment rates are so high, it's because it's so easy to abandon. You didn't have to get, get in your car and drive somewhere, right? You just typed in the URL. So customers are likely to abandon. So focusing on those basics is so crucially important, observing your customers and making sure that everything works for them. In those instances where it doesn't work, again, you have to evaluate the resources that you have. So it's hard to say to a, any merchant, um, you should have as a best practice email, live chat, and a call center. It's it's. That is a strategic question that, that has implications beyond just what the best practice is. So, for example, it would be great if everyone could have those things. It's just simply not affordable. Um, so a small merchant probably can't have live chat because who's going to be there all day, all night, staffing that live chat? What you don't want to do is provide a tool that then itself provides a bad experience. In that instance, what I would say is that for most people, email is probably the best, the best way, the single best thing you can do is to have a very easy um, and intuitive email entry, email interface. And then what you want to do is make sure that that email response is as instantaneous as possible. So what I mean by that is that not, not only is it fast, but it's also not automated, that it's, it's an actual person returning an actual answer to you. And that's, that's probably the simplest and the best thing you can do. Everything from there is really an internal strategic decision you have to make based on your individual situation. Your overriding point is the right one, that let's fix the pain point first so that we lower the need for them to even have a furrowed brow, a question at any point. So that, that's a great point. That's right. And, and you see all too many e-commerce sites kind of uh, look for the quick fix. If we only have um, live chat, that will fix everything because then we can have someone guide the customer through the process, and it doesn't. The better solution is to make the process easy enough for the customer to complete it themselves quickly and easily. 
And that's going to wrap it up for this week's podcast. Keep an eye on uh, Ed Davidovich at creativegood.com. We want to make sure to thank him again for uh, three great podcasts that him and Mitch had done together. Uh, Also, thank Mitch Bettis for, once again, another great podcast. And make sure people out there check our website, especially towards the end of this month at practicalecommerce.com. we got some big changes in store for the new year. So keep an eye on us and uh, have a great holiday.